0: You're listening to A Stranger Podcast, www.thestranger.com.
1: If you're stuck in a relationship quandary,
2: or if you're looking for sexual harmony, well, there's nothing you can't ask
1: on the Savage Podcast. We begin this week's podcast, the Super Tuesday Podcast, we're calling it. On a sad note, it really is the end of an era. Since 2003, if you Googled Santorum, the number one return was spreading Santorum.com, the website that we created, uh, to forever link Rick Santorum's vile name with the vile... Byproduct of anal sex, that frothy mix of lube and fecal matter. I'm sure I don't need to rehearse this for Savage Lovecast listeners, but we had a contest in 2003 uh, to redefine Rick Santorum's last name because he gave this horrifying interview to the Associated Press in which he compared people uh, in same-sex relationships to dog fuckers and child rapists. And so we thought that was pretty vile. A reader suggested that we come up with a new definition. Readers sent in new definitions. Readers voted. And they picked the frothy mix of lube and fecal matter that is sometimes the byproduct of anal sex. This became known as Santorum's Google problem. It launched a 1,000 jokes on The Daily Show and Colbert and The Rachel Maddow Show. And it launched a billion hilarious double entendre fudge-packed headlines. Well, last week, Google – tweaked their search brains or whatever it's called and suddenly spreading santorum the new definition is no longer the number one return when you google santorum we had a good run but all good things must come to an end this is of course you know What Rick Santorum wanted. When people first – when he began to run for president, people started writing about and joking about his Google problem. He demanded that uh, Google do something about it, that Google knock us down, knock us off the – out of the search results. Uh, And it's finally happened. This is what he wanted. And we're gone. Like I said, I'm not too sad about it. We had a good run. I am mystified. Why now? Why after all this time? Why tweak your search results now, Google? Don't know if it was intentional or not. But whatever the reason – You can file this one under careful what you wish for, Rick, because the new number one return when you Google Santorum isn't Rick Santorum's official website or his wiki page or news about Rick Santorum's campaign or Elizabeth Boohoohoo Santorum's Twitter feed. It's the Urban Dictionary definition for Santorum instead of the spreading Santorum, instead of the savage love definition of Santorum. And Urban Dictionary's definition is way grosser. I'm going to read it right now. This, as of this recording, is the number one Result when you Google Santorin. The sometimes frothy, usually slimy amalgam of lubricant, stray fecal matter, and ejaculate that leaks out of the receiving partner's anus after a session of anal intercourse. Uh, that grosses me out. You're welcome, Rick. Congratulations, Google. You did it. You knocked the frothy mix of lube and fecal matter that is sometimes the byproduct of anal sex out of the rankings and replaced it with that. But you know, they can remove spreading Santorum from the search results or it can fade away thanks to new algo ribbons. They can remove Urban Dictionary's definition too, but come on, it's too late. The damage is done. When Jon Stewart makes a joke, when Stephen Colbert makes a joke, when Rachel Maddow makes a joke, when Maureen Dowd begins a column about Rick Santorum with the sentence, Rick needs to scat. No one has to run and Google Santorum to figure out the joke. When people read the headline, Santorum comes from behind an Alabama three-way, everybody got the joke. Nobody has to Google it anymore. The definition is out there. It is embedded in people's brains. Uh, And pretty hilariously, uh, us being knocked down in the Google rankings uh, wound up generating a 1,000 stories everywhere from the New York Times to the Wall Street Journal to ABC to the New Yorker to New York Magazine to The Stranger, everywhere – so uh, the new definition once again was being discussed widely and cemented in the popular imagination. Uh, mission accomplished or emission mission accomplished. Savage love readers and listeners. Rick Santorum is this century's vidcum Quisling, which is not to say he's a Nazi collaborationist. I'm not going for the Godwin rule. It's just that his name has been successfully and eternally redefined and the search result is no longer necessary uh, for the joke to stick. Santorum stuck your calls after this. This episode is brought to you by adamandeve.com where you can find over 18,000 adult entertainment products for every lifestyle to receive 50% off. Most any item plus three adult DVDs plus an extra gift plus free shipping. Visit adamandeve.com and enter savage at checkout.
3: I have a couple of minutes just to tell you what my story is. I met a woman, uh, who's a former plus size model on a website for plus size uh, women. She's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, We've been out a couple of times and we've had sex once. She has the largest breasts I've ever seen in my life or felt or sucked on um, or fucked. She's a H cup and she's only five foot three. Weighs about 150 pounds. Anyway, Dan, um, I don't know how the relationship is going because Uh, we kind of stopped calling and texting each other, but I did hear from her recently and she does want to get together again. And she was interested in having sex again. And I just have a feeling it might be our last time together. I don't know why I feel that way, but I just think that I might not see her again. So my question is, if I have sex with her, could I videotape sex, you know, without her knowledge because other men have tried to get naked pictures from her and she said, no, And this way I would have it not to extort money from her, not to put it on the internet or to threaten her just for my own personal use. So I could like jerk off to it. And then when I'm 90 and I'm in the nursing home, I could show other people like how hot she was. Like I said, I'm a total boob man and this woman has the biggest breath. I don't even know how she goes to work every day. She is just totally hot and gorgeous. And I just like to get on video again, not to extort her or to, Um, put it on the internet or anything just for my own personal
1: use Punctuation is so important You say you're a total boob man and I just want to drop a comma in there You are a total boob, man I'm sure you have the best of intentions here Uh, planning to secretly videotape this woman who has made it quite clear that you already know has refused to give her consent to be photographed in the past by other partners. So you know this is something that would not be okay with her and yet you would selfishly like to take these photographs anyway. Uh, And and I'm sure you have the best of intentions. You're never going to show this to anybody until you're 90 and in a nursing home. Uh, which is good of you. I doubt, though, that once you have the pictures in your possession, you'll be able to wait that long. That you'll show that kind of restraint when you were incapable of showing that kind of restraint when it came to honoring her feelings uh, about having pictures taken of her uh, of her giant size H breasts, whatever the hell they are. Uh, so I, I don't trust you uh nor should nor should anyone listen to you listen to you listen to your call you're going to take pictures of this woman uh, surreptitiously secretly and against her expressed wishes she's already said for all intents and purposes no to this kind of thing and even if you could refrain from showing anyone these pictures until you're 90 computers get stolen phones get lost people's uh, hard drives get hacked Uh, You don't ultimately have complete control over where these digital files go and where they end up. So even if you could be trusted and you can't obviously be trusted, um, that's no assurance that these images, if you should go ahead and do this, are going to remain private. Uh, you could drop your computer off to be serviced and a technician could see a file that says big boob porn or whatever, just check it out quickly and email it to himself in a flash. Uh, And then it winds up on some porn site and this woman comes and murders you with cause, with cause. Don't do it. You had to know that this would be the answer. Don't do it.
4: Hey, Dan, I'm a 20-year-old gay male and I have a couple of different issues. First off, I have what I would call a masturbation issue, I started masturbating when I was about 13, and I would sometimes do it maybe three times a day. I would do sort of a humping technique, which I think was pretty rough on my penis, and I think has caused some permanent scarring, unfortunately, on it. Um, To add on to that, I have anxiety and depression i have always been pretty inactive and, and not very social, so I think that somewhat compounded the issue. Um, In the last year, though, I've come out to my family, got a job, lost a lot of weight, and have maybe garnered a little bit of confidence in myself. And I recently started a new college where I want to try to open up to people. Unfortunately, I feel that my anxiety is still holding me back from being able to come out to people, and my masturbation is still an issue for me. And I recently have been thinking about posting a Craigslist ad in hopes that maybe just hooking up with someone and losing my virginity would maybe help me gain some confidence and relieve some of my anxiety. I know it sounds kind of weird, but that's just my thought.
1: tried to call you just because I wanted to tell you to stop smoking. Sounds like you smoke, just going out on a limb there. That doesn't sound like a 20-year-old voice to me. That sounds like a voice that's been dipped in nicotine if it's a 20-year-old's voice. Uh, Listen, it's fine to masturbate. Particularly when you're young and hung and full of cum, and you don't have a partner, you just want to uh, masturbate with some sense, uh, some common sense. Very routine. Use lubricant. Uh, you want to simulate uh, to to some extent what a mouth feels like, what an anus feels like, so that when the time comes that you are with a partner, your dick isn't habituated to only climaxing, be, you know, in a rough hand gripped as tightly as possible, or if you're masturbating by humping things, uh, that's potentially very problematic. You can induce what's called traumatic masturbatory syndrome. Uh, People who grow up humping the floor, humping a carpet, humping a scratchy towel, putting their dick between the mattress and box springs and humping that sometimes have a really difficult time transitioning to the much subtler sensations of butt or vag or mouth. So don't do that. Get yourself a flashlight. Keep jerking off. keep enjoying yourself. Live, uh, love your dick. You're stuck with it. you might as well love it. Um, and explore through fantasy right now what you're not exploring in reality. As for you know what to do? 20 a lot of people are virgins when they are 20s. A lot of particularly gay people don't come out until a little bit later. Uh, don't have a broad choice of romantic partners. Um, you know, you should take a deep breath and realize you're not a freak. Uh, you can, of course, avail yourself of Grindr and Craigslist and Adam for Adam and Recon and all the other sites, all the other hookup sites. What I would encourage you to do, though, is be honest about who you are, where you are, uh, how experienced you are and what you're looking for. You you know, I, I just can't say, oh, yeah, go for it. Get it out of the way. Scratch the virginity thing off the bucket list uh, and that will help your anxiety level. If you just toss yourself out there into the icy waters of Grindr or Craigslist and you pass yourself off as perhaps more experienced uh, and wind up in bed with someone who isn't considerate, who isn't uh, kind, uh, who hasn't really signed up for holding your hand a little bit and being a little gentle and taking it a little slow and all the other cliches. You could wind up scarred by that experience. Your first experience could be really, really negative So don't do that. Get online and take out ads. You're young. You're in college. A lot of college-age guys now are avoiding gay bars entirely, the gay students group. They're all on Grindr. They're all on Dude's Nude. They're all on Recon. Go on there. Put an ad up, but be exactly who you are. 20 years old, just lost a lot of weight, virgin, mostly been masturbating, looking for my first experience, and then screen the guys. Don't feel like the first guy who bites you have to jump on his dick. Uh, or let him jump on yours, like chat for a while, get a feeling for them. Don't draw it out forever. They'll think you're a game player or a liar, but just chat a little bit and then find somebody that you click with uh, who gives you the impression that they're going to be good to you and a little considerate considering it's your first time. You may even meet another guy who it's his first time too, and you guys can take it slow together. In the meantime, enjoy the masturbation. You say toward the end of the call, masturbation is still an issue. Masturbation is going to remain an issue throughout your adult life. I promise you. What you don't want to do is uh, scar your dick. So bury it up, get some lube, get a flashlight, take your time, get online, look around, find the right guy. Looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie? Well, here's an offer you won't be able to resist. Go to adamandeve.com for a limited time only. You'll get 50% off just about any item. And that's not all. There's more. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs, plus a free extra gift, plus free shipping on your entire order. Check out AdamandEve.com today for this special offer. That's AdamandEve.com, and enter SAVAGE at checkout.
5: Hi, Dan. My name is Tony, and I live in Los Angeles. I'm 43 years old, and I'm straight and have been married for the last 12 years. Um, My wife and I have been having problems More or less, we get along, but there's always been the problem of me wanting to have sex and her not.
0: It's been a little hard,
5: however. My wife realizes that it's unfair and she wants to try to get help for it. Um, Just to give you sort of a background on her, she has never had an orgasm and does not masturbate and really has no sexual life outside of me as far as I can tell. And as far as I can tell, that's true. Don't want to start a new relationship. Don't want to end this relationship. We have two children and, um, she's seen her doctor. She's seen a therapist and, um, we're trying to look for a, an actual like sex therapist and having little to no luck whatsoever. Um, do you have any idea, any resources whatsoever?
1: Joining me by phone to help me tackle this question, Dr. Debbie Herbenek, research scientist at Indiana University, sex educator at the Kinsey Institute, author of five books, possessor of vulva puppets. Uh, her most recent book, or upcoming book is Sex Made Easy, which comes out April 3rd. Thank you for joining me, doctor. How are you? Thanks for
2: having me, Dan.
1: I'm good. How are you doing? Good. We're buddies. We have to, like, full disclosure, we're friends. We, we've had drinks we together. I, I've stayed in your house.
2: You have stayed in my house, and you've almost been eaten by my dog.
1: <laughs> That's true. Your dog is a vicious beast.
2: She's so sweet and cuddly to everyone
1: except you. I know. It's really weird. It's almost like she can sense that I hate dogs. Um, <laughs> jumping on this question right away, this guy's been married to this woman for 12 years, and she's never had an orgasm, and just now they're getting around to this is a problem?
2: Yeah, that's interesting, isn't it? Especially the whole, you know, how they kind of get along.
1: Yeah, I would only kind of get along with my husband if I hadn't had an orgasm in 12 years. There would be not much getting along. I would be kind yeah, of... I
2: mean, you just have to wonder what else is going on, though. I mean, that like, he was very hesitant about that.
1: And it could be her problem. Like, there are some women who, uh, you know, pick up all the cultural shitty baggage about women's genitals who don't touch themselves, who don't learn to masturbate, and it could have been her thing, but they're just now getting around to wanting to, to solve this problem is a little yeah, so sad.
2: There, you know, there's also women who sort of do everything right, right? I mean, they, they know about sex, they know about their bodies, they're comfortable with all these things, and they still don't have orgasms. And and I get that that happens. I think the more, you know, the interesting part to me is, is why now? And if they only kind of get so long and they've had all these issues and she's trying to make something good for him. I mean, does she is she feeling pressured, in other words, to think that if I masturbate or if I have orgasms, then he'll be happy and he'll stop nagging me. That's what I'm wondering.
1: And these are issues that the, the, the caller who's listening now can unpack with their sex therapist that they need to land. Uh, that's the first thing I wanted to discuss with you. I get this question off a, a lot. How do you find a competent, decent sex therapist? Where do you go to land that Professional.
2: There are there are two good websites that I usually recommend for finding a sex therapist. One is um, a website of the Society for Sex Therapy and Research, which is sstarnet.org. And um, you know, and he had mentioned that they had looked for one and not found one in the LA area, which was odd to me because I, I know sex therapists in the LA and Bever- in Beverly Hills area, so I know they're out there. Um, I see them at conferences. But sure enough, when I went to the Star website. There weren't really ones listed in that area. The the ones on the website are mainly kind of San Fran based. So then the other website I checked out is for the American Association of Sex Educators, Counselors, and Therapists. It's an organization called the ASECT. And their website is A-A-S-E-C-T dot org. And sure enough there, there are tons in the LA and Beverly Hills and kind of surrounding areas.
1: But with Skype, you're no longer limited to having a therapist uh, in your city. That if they find somebody who works in San Francisco, they can jump online and have sessions.
2: They they could, but most sex therapists that I know will tell you that there really is a fundamental difference between being on Skype and being there in person with a person, with an individual or a couple. So Skype is a good fallback, especially if there's someone you you really prefer. You really think that you know either there's no one in your in your area or. For the thing that you want help with, this person is just the one that you click with. Skype could be good. Okay. But if you have someone good in your area, it's better.
1: So in advance of them like finding a sex therapist, and they should know that you may have to interview one or two or three or four. That you know, sometimes people go to therapists because of the doctor-patient relationship. They they walk in there with a really submissive attitude. You're hiring them to work with you. You're the client, and you get to screen them. And
2: yes, and you should. A
1: bad sex therapist can do real damage. A sex-negative sex therapist can do real damage. And in or my one
2: that you don't feel like works for you, right?
1: So be you careful. Know, it, to get out there, yeah. find, interview a few people, but in advance of them, like doing their due diligence and landing that sex therapist who works for them. Where should they start with this problem? With her not masturbating her not having orgasms her having no to low low to no libido where do they begin
2: uh, i mean that's that's the big question and you know we have limited information from him we have no information from her I don't fully buy that the issue is just a masturbation or orgasm one. If it was, if there was a woman out there who just said, yeah, you know, everything is great, but I really just want to learn how to get in touch with my body, to masturbate, to explore. Um, There's a really good older book called Becoming Orgasmic, but it is really one of the best books out there on women and orgasm. And it's the only one that I know of that's ever been shown to help women have orgasms in a similar way to sex therapy. And I think that's a good place to start. It also walks you through a lot of, like, the relational issues, the body image stuff, like, all of that stuff that matters.
1: Um, I, I read that book a few years ago. I believe it recommends that you start alone. That this isn't, It does. That, that you masturbate by yourself, not, like, to, to reward your husband with the orgasm that he's been itching for, that this has to be about you and your pleasure and discovering your own body and its its potential, and not about, you know, succumbing to some pressure to perform, to put out. Uh, because your partner's insecure about the fact that you're not orgasmic,
2: exactly, and that's the idea that by starting by yourself and by and we're talking about usually for weeks, if not months, by yourself, that you know you really are focusing everything on yourself, your own experience, and removing the pressure of doing this in front of a partner or for a partner. Um, but the issue is I mean i you know i'm not really sure again that this is really about her masturbation and orgasm, and I think that's that's the trickier thing, and that's what makes this really a prime candidate for. More like a sex therapy situation, if they can find a good one that they both like and they both can work with.
1: Not that we want to beat up on him too much. Uh, we're, 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 you know, we have very little to go on. Like you said, sometimes uh, people are, you know, he made the call because she was too shy or didn't want her voice up there. We don't know why he made the call and she didn't make.
2: Right, and it's not even like not
1: and at her request.
2: Yeah, and it's not even like I don't buy it. Like I think he's an evil person or a liar. It's not that. That's to be clear. That's not what I mean. That was a new but,
1: Gingrich who called.
2: <laughs> but you know I mean there there could be things that you know she's not comfortable telling him right she may not even be in touch enough with her feelings to kind of know what it is that is kind of getting in the way of them having the sexual relationship they want they neither one of them may know, and I just don't think that with twelve years with none of the stone going on with them sort of getting along that this is kind of uh, you know the big issue. And maybe it is. Maybe I'm wrong. But it seems like there are probably some more I would guess some things about like connecting and intimacy um, that are going to be more pivotal and pivotal helping them having the relationship
1: that they yeah. want. Do you know how we know that uh, I'm a columnist and you're a scientist? Because you said maybe I'm wrong. I never say that. You're a scientist. Scientists are always going, maybe I'm you right. me. Falsify my evidence. Let's look, dig into it. I'm like, I'm right. I don't have any proof. I don't have any evidence. I didn't do any research, but I know I'm right. Doctor- I'm
2: such a self-deprecating nerd. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Doctor Debbie Herbenick, thank you so much for joining us today.
0: Thanks for having me. Hi Dan. I'm a 27-year-old gay man. My question is: uh, Can you train yourself to like bottoming, or is it just one of those things that, if it's not getting better over time, it's just not going to happen? I've bottomed several times, tried different penises and positions, and it just isn't getting any easier or more pleasurable. It's always really uncomfortable. I've tried dildos too for practice, and it's even less appealing. The problem is that I can't seem to be able to sustain an erection while topping, even with a trusted long-term partner. It's a psychological obstacle I just can't seem to overcome, but given the topping doesn't come easy either, I'm sexually stumped. I'm tired of telling my partners I'd rather not go all the way when all I really, really want to do is have like porn star sex. Is there any way I can learn to like bottoming or should I just invest in therapy, sexual or otherwise to get over this penis ADD?
1: It's sad. It really is sad. The way gay culture has adopted wholesale, this heterosexual idea or definition of sex This limited definition of sex. It's really cramped and uh insecurity-inducing definition of sex. We have turned anal into the definitional sex act for gay people, the way vaginal was always a definitional sex act for straight people, which is why when you talk to straight people, as I frequently do about sex, uh, they will want to know whether oral sex is sex. And I have to tell them, uh sex is oral sex's last name, therefore oral sex is definitely sex. you can have sex without having anal intercourse, something like 20 to 40%, depending on which, uh, pile of stats you, uh, believe is most accurate. 20 to 40% of gay men don't have anal intercourse, uh, on a regular basis or much or at all because they don't enjoy it because it's not how they want to express themselves sexually. It doesn't work for them. It doesn't speak to them. They don't find it pleasurable. Sounds like you might be one of those guys. uh, Lucky for you, you're not the only one of those gay guys. There's lots of gay guys out there like you who anal isn't that important or definitional or their priority or, you know, the the locus of all pleasure. So, you know, don't refer to it as, you know, an inability to go all the way. You can go all the way with somebody without. Doing anal sex, You can go all the way oral. You can go all the way for You can go all the way hand jobs. You can go all the way fantasy role play. You can go all the way in so many ways. Uh, your ass isn't the only way to go all the way. Uh, you can keep exploring a little bit, you know, give it a little more time. You're still young. Uh, you may find that you just haven't met the right guy yet or caught that groove yet where you can tap into your ass. So I wouldn't rule it out. Uh, You can keep exploring, playing, maybe doing it once in a while for the other guy if it's what he wants to do. Uh, But ultimately, if you've given this your best shot, hardy har har, uh, and it's a turnoff or it provides you with no pleasure at all, don't do it. And don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. Don't be hung up about it. You're just not into anal. Anal doesn't do it for you. Uh, and you can have porn star oral, and you can have porn star fantasy role play, and you can have porn star frittage, and you can have porn star handjobs, and you can have all sorts of porn star sex. You just don't have to have porn star butt sex if that's not what works for you.
6: Hi, Dan. I am a 22-year-old from the New York area. Um, I don't have a question so much about myself but for a friend. Um, I've known this one girl for three or four years. We've been friends since college, and She dated a guy for about six months, two years ago, who was just a real psycho. He was sort of known for being quite crazy. He was thrown out once out of school for drug use, all all kinds of things. Anyway, their relationship ended two years ago, as I said, and it ended with him sort of trying to kill her in this very, very strange way. He, He had told her he was about to commit suicide. By drinking paint thinner, and she was very drunk, and did the same, and it was and she got really sick, and he hadn't actually done it. It was, it was a really strange thing. Anyway, they she still talks about him somewhat frequently, and she hasn't really dated anyone since then. And she says she's completely over it, but you know if he texts her, she'll respond, and she still sort of finds reason to be around him occasionally because we, we live in the same city. Um anyway, I don't really know what to say anymore to her um for example, last night she received a text message from him at three a m and she replied and i said well i don't I don't know how much you should reply to him because I feel like he just wants your attention, and he's been actively getting your attention for two years now because he knows you'll you'll sort of be there um she's really beautiful and could do so much better, and I know that there are always guys interested in her, but it sort of never works out, and I'm never sure if this is impacting her, um, and what what from what I can say to her as, as her close friend. Um, anyway, any advice would be great. Thanks.
1: Here's what you say to her as her close friend. Would you fucking stop texting that asshole? The end. No more. Uh, your friend is an idiot. At a certain point, you just have to slap the idiot label on people, and you should say that to her face. You are being an idiot. You are contacting this guy. You're giving him anything is just extending the life of this interaction, uh, extending the life of this relationship. You know, in his mind, it's still a relationship, um, and she's complicit in that. Now she's drawing this out. She's giving him just enough uh, to keep this going. And if she really doesn't want it to go on and you point out to her a few times that responding to his texts, interacting with him at all is just dragging this out, you have to conclude then that she likes this, that she wants this to go on, that she is enjoying something about this. And then if you want to stay her friend, you just refuse to go there with her. If she bitches to you about the guy, you say stop contacting him, stop calling him, stop returning his text, stop fucking around and it will end. And if she continues to fuck around with him, you know, online texting with him, talking with him, then you just have to throw your hands up and tell her she's an idiot to her face whenever she complains about it. She complains about him. You look at her and say, you're being an idiot unless she's in some way being – blackmail, threats of violence, if there's something else going on that I think you would have mentioned if it were going on, uh, where he was uh, coercing her into maintaining contact, uh, that would be a different story and that would require different interventions and perhaps going to the authorities. But if she's just got it in her head that she can fix this guy, rescue this guy, that she owes him some love and kindness and compassion because he tried to kill her – then she may be as damaged as he is, and you may not be able to see that because she's your friend.
0: Hello, Dan. How
7: can I masturbate in such a way that it gives me a good workout? Uh, I'm kind of fat, and I don't really li- I don't really like working out, especially because I live on a college campus and most of the gyms are reserved for the jocks. So I would really rather not have to vie uh, for time on the machines with the football team, basketball team, etc. Now. I enjoy masturbation much more than I enjoy, say, you know, lifting weights or uh, going on lap swim. So I was hoping that that could suffice for a workout for me. Now, I was calling you to ask if there are any ways that I can make it more vigorous and uh, burn more calories. As it stands now, I mostly just press my flesh light up against the wall and go doggy style at it until I, uh, until I come. And that usually doesn't get tuberous i mean sometimes i work up a sweat but that's about it so i wanted to know if you had any suggestions
1: according to the internet that knows everything i just googled this i googled it myself you could have googled this you burn about 100 calories masturbating which is an oreo roughly maybe it's two oreos you are not going to lose weight masturbating you can put those little weight belts on your you know for your feet on your wrists it's not you're not going to lose weight um If losing weight is what you're serious about, if this isn't just a joke call, it's a pretty good joke call. You're a pretty funny, uh, amusing dude. Uh, I would encourage you uh, instead of thinking you can masturbate your way out of uh, obesity to go for a fucking walk if you can't go to the gym. Every time you want to jerk off, here's a little self-discipline. Instead of thinking, oh, I should go to the gym where the jocks are going to sneer at me, you should just go for a goddamn walk around campus, get some porn, get some aural porn on your ipod listen to dirty stories there are lots of websites out there with dirty stories read aloud and walk around getting in the mood uh don't walk to the cinnabon don't walk to the chick-fil-a or whatever the fuck those big chicken shops are called uh, walk where there ain't chow walk in a big fat circle ooh walk in a large circle walk uh, walk a wide circumference sorry about that i'll hear about that for the rest of my fucking life that'll be on the Fat blogs is evidence of my fat phobia. Uh, walk in a large circle around campus. Uh, wind up back in your apartment and then reward yourself for that effort with a masturbatory session. But a word about the gym. Every college town I've ever been in has had you know the jock gym but then the regular gym, also independent private gyms. You can go to the goddamn gym and – uh, if you want, if you know if you're serious. If you just don't like the gym, the gym's not for everybody, but if you want to go to the gym and the only thing that's keeping you out of the gym are the jocks, find a gym that doesn't have the jocks in it, or realize, go a few times and realize that you're the only one with you know usually with the problem. You know, unless you have some sort of like crazy cobra-kai uh clack at your school of you know snotty abusive asshole jocks. Most of the jocks at the gym don't give a shit about anybody else at the gym but themselves. The only person they're looking at in the mirror is themselves. Uh, so don't think that you're unwelcome or intruding or in any way uh, going to be picked on or sneered at or mocked or belittled if you're at the gym uh, by the jock cast. Uh, they won't give a shit that you're there, frankly, unless you're on a machine they want to use and then they'll just tap their foot impatiently. But go for a walk in a big fat circle and then jack it. And this
8: is a political question from Colorado. Um, Civil unions for uh, same-sex couples is uh, making its way through the legislature. Probably by the time you get a chance to answer this on the air, it will already have been settled. I'm personally against civil unions because I think that they're a cop-out. I think full marriage equality should be offered, and that until that happens, we shouldn't have civil unions. But uh, they think it's a stepping stone. So, if we liken this to voting rights, wouldn't this just be like offering uh, people voting rights uh, uh, a little bit and not full equality, uh, which, of course, you know, would be constitutionally uh, wrong? So, how do you, how do we, how do we square the circle? How do you stand on that?
1: So, caller, in 2007, shortly after the Washington State Supreme Court ruled that uh, our state's ban on Uh, Same-sex marriage or marriage equality was constitutional uh, and challenged the legislature to fucking do something about it because they were too goddamn cowardly to read the state constitution and interpret it correctly. But that's just my faggoty opinion. Uh, The state legislature passed three different domestic partnership bills in three years. They called it everything but marriage. Uh, And then, of course, if you're following the news, Washington State, along with New Jersey and Maryland, one of the three states in the last few weeks where marriage equality made it through the legislature. Didn't make it past Christie in New Jersey. uh, Maybe it was a mistake to send it to his desk covered in frosting. But uh, Gregoire here in Washington State signed it, and the governor today, the day I'm recording this, uh, signed it in Maryland. Now we're going to have referenda, and the bigots are going to get to weigh in. Uh, Also joining us to weigh in, Washington State Senator Ed Murray, whose idea it was – to chop up marriage rights into three different bills and take three different years and debate each one in turn. Uh, and he's here to, to discuss this. So, Ed, welcome to the show. Thanks, Dan. Thanks for having me on. Uh, so the, the caller says he's personally against civil unions, calls them a cop-out, says only full marriage equality should be offered. And until that happens, we shouldn't take or settle for civil unions. Uh, you know, we didn't when we were pressing for voting rights during the civil rights movement. Uh, African-Americans didn't settle for a little bit of the vote. They wanted all of the vote. Uh, These complaints should sound familiar to you.
8: Sure. A couple of things. Uh, First, let me deal with the history part of it. Um, there were a series of civil rights bills uh, that led towards the, the major Civil Rights and Voting Rights Act of 64 and 65. Um, there was a key bill that was passed in the 50s under LBJ's leadership in the Senate. So I I, I think you have to go back and look at history. There was also an incremental approach there. Uh, you had to break the log jab in the U.S. Senate um, and get Southern Democrats to vote for civil rights, and, and that was the approach they used. But fast forward into the 21st century,
1: Which is my favorite one.
8: Right. I think that you have to look at um, uh, where you are um, and make decisions based on where you are geographically. A lot of the marriage strategy has been developed in the East Coast. Western states, most Western states have a referendum, and an initiative process. Anything the legislature does can be overturned by the people. So we had to develop a strategy that worked in the West.
1: And that strategy was what?
8: That strategy was to, instead of um, simply doing marriage first, was to engage legislators and the public in a conversation what marriage was about. Um, to talk about, like we did with the first bill, about uh, hospital visitation, funeral rights. Kind of lay it out to people what it meant. Um, to get legislators to vote for that, to get them to realize that they could vote for it, run for re-election, and get re-elected, which they all did. The second thing it did is it actually provided real protections that people need now in their lives.
1: It wasn't. You know, but, you know, jumping back a little bit, when you guys, uh, you, uh, State Senator Ed Murray, uh, along with uh, State Rep. Uh, Jamie Peterson, first proposed this, like parceling it out, three different bills, three different mm-hmm. years, you called it everything mm-hmm. but marriage, there were people right. who felt the way this caller did, who felt that this was a betrayal and who really got up in your face about it.
8: Right, and, and, and people nationally did. I mean, some of the national leaders um, called us spineless. Um, but I don't believe that we would have gotten a marriage bill six years ago. And if we had, I believe we would have been defeated at, at the ballot. And in Washington state, you know, when you lose at the ballot, uh, it's kind of a death wish. Um, so we believed we needed to incrementally work our way there, convince the public that they would that, that this was a good thing, convince legislators that this was a good thing. And I think that will result in a win in November when the far right puts a referendum on the ballot. There's no doubt there was a huge divisive debate within the community about the best approach. Um, And again, given that we're a state with an initiative process and given that um, we have very different demographics than Maryland and New York
1: and New Jersey,
8: we had different challenges to face.
1: Now I, I'm, I'm, you're being very politic. Uh, that's why you're a politician, and I'm not. I, <laughs> want, I want you to take a victory lap. You know, a lot of people said what this caller is saying—that it was insulting. This, uh, you know, civil unions, not full equality or domestic partnership bills and rights, parceled out, not full equality. But we wouldn't be here in Washington State on the verge of marriage equality and, and and having a marriage bill successfully get to the legislature, get to the governor's desk, now we're going to have a referendum on it. We wouldn't be where we are but for this strategy that the caller describes as an insult and a cop-out.
8: Well, we would not have be here today with the legislature having voted on marriage equality in Washington State, um, the first state to ever overturn a DOMA law, the first state in the nation, by a legislative vote, if we had not Educated legislators gotten them to vote for small pieces of this, um, and, and, and told a story that changed people's minds.
3: Um, you know, I'm and to...
8: showed them, and, sh- and showed them that this was not a radioactive issue politically. I... Now, you know, the chances we may win and we may lose in November. I don't think we will, but we may lose. But losing in November will be a loss where we can win. But having lost six years ago, would have been a loss where we would never have won in the
1: legislature. Okay, now I'm I'm kind of known as like a, a bomber and a radical, but I was for this, uh, and, and partly for, I know, and
8: I was scared that you wouldn't be, <laughs>
1: <laughs> and partly for the reasons that, that, that you describe. Uh, and I want to hammer away at this for the caller: um, the funeral rights, uh, the, the the ability to inherit property, um, you, you know, to, to hospital visitation, all of these things that were basically in the very first domestic partnership bill. They mattered to people. And we were providing, you guys were, getting rights to same-sex couples that you could get them when you could get them. Uh, And and meeting immediate needs. The parenting part of of domestic
8: partnership, uh, the last piece that was done um, last year by Representative Peterson, that really, really helped real parents with real children um, who needed those protections now.
1: Real parents with now, real the danger
8: children. the danger of course is the far right will say see they got everything but marriage so they don't need marriage and if that works in November then of course the strategy will be a questionable strategy
1: but it worked in Vermont they traded up for marriage in Vermont that's basically what the strategy is get everything get everyone right. comfortable trade up and th- right. that's what they're about to do in the United Kingdom so you know, this caller is calling from Colorado, where they're having a debate about civil unions. And what's your advice as uh, as State Senator Ed Murray to this caller and well, the gay community in Colorado, who are, who are having the same sort of divisive debate about do we settle for civil unions or do we insist on marriage equality and forestall the day, you know, push off into the distant future the day at which we'll have any rights as couples? What's your advice to you this caller? View,
8: you, you, sh- you should never view civil unions as the end, but only as a step towards marriage. Um, I, I, I don't. I, I believe that Colorado has the initiative process. I think they've had some fairly ugly gay ballot measures. Um, you, you know, you need, you, you want to win, and, and you got to find a way to bring people along. And people uh, need that chance to understand the reality of gay and lesbian families. And I'll tell you, it was a lot easier to educate people around pieces of a bill than it is in an initiative campaign, at least initially. I don't know if that makes sense, but that would be my, that would be my advice. Um, you know, New York and New Jersey, uh, Maryland, um, they don't have even large evangelical populations. Um, in the West, we do. I mean, mostly those, they're, mostly they're Catholic states where the bishops get their underwear in a knot, but, but not the people in the pews. Uh, at Colorado, like Washington state, you have a huge religious right wing evangelical movement. Um, you got a lot of work uh, to educate people to overcome that. It, it, it's, a different, it's a different situation in the West and the East.
1: But your advice to boil it down is take the fucking half a loaf and then keep demanding the rest.
8: That, that would be my advice, particularly if they have a referendum and initiative process. Um, if we had lost, and, and let me boil my own advice down since I'm babbling here. <laughs> if, we had, if we had gone to the ballot with marriage only in 06 and lost, this legislature this year would not have passed marriage.
1: Thank you very much, Washington State Senator Ed Murray, and congratulations, Ed, and uh, as a same-sex couple, Terry and I, living in Washington State, I want to thank you. For thank what, you for, for what you've Thanks done. Thank you for all your
8: your leadership in pushing us on this issue over the years as well.
1: Well, th- that's very nice of you to say, but you did the thank heavy lifting, and you stood up to a lot of grief and abuse from people who were ostensibly <laughs> on your side, and you've been vindicated. Thank you, Dan.
5: Dan. Um, I'm calling in
7: response to a caller you had on podcast 279. There's a guy who could only have the sex he wanted with his girlfriend after getting shit-faced drunk. And I just wanted to say that I appreciate how well you handled that conversation because, you know, this situation this guy is in is, you know, this is a casualty of sexual assault being a product of people not only not being able to say no, but people not being able to say yes when they want
4: to.
5: Hey, Dan. Um, I was just listening to your latest uh, love cast, and the, and the dude who uh, needs to get drunk, I mean, she wasn't drunk, right? He was just drunk. I mean, she remembered it, presumably, because she said it was the best sex she ever had, so why not have them act it out together? Like, well, what did I do that was so great, you know? And then just a little tiny bit at a time. I mean, they're both young, dude. They need to relax. Sometimes drunk together, young people they need to get drunk. So maybe they have to take it slow. But that seemed like just a little pot of gold at the end of Rainbow. They could just work, work through the actual stuff that already worked, that she loved and he probably would love if he could remember it. So if they could just retrieve that memory and play act it, I think, you know, they'd have a home run. Hey, Dan. Uh, I'm just calling about episode 279 about the, the gentleman who was in the military uh, and had the, he had a little person as a daughter, I myself, in the military, and uh, I think that lady's husband needed to grow some stones. And I think if somebody like that had said something uh, of that nature to me about my daughter, uh, I would have gotten right in his face and I would have said, Looking at square in the eye, listen to me, motherfucker. You ever talk about my daughter or any other woman like that ever again around me? And I'm going to plant your jawbone in the back of your throat.
1: And we're going to leave it there. Thanks very much for your calls and your questions. 206-201-2720 is the number here at the podcast. If you'd like to record a question or a comment for a future show, give us a buzz. You can also leave comments online on every show at thestranger.com slash lovecast. If you're not following me on Twitter, you should. At FakeDanSavage on Twitter. 206-201-2720, that's the number. Me and the tech savvy at risk youth will be back at you next week. Another installment of the Savage Lovecast. Thanks for downloading